Good morning again, everybody. So as we as we head into this teaching, um, this week's message was we were aiming for it to be on Psalm 32, and it was going to talk about confession and God's goodness and how he hears our confessions and forgives all our sins. All that is still absolutely true. But as the week progressed, we felt like we needed to just create some space and some time to process, to come before God, to be together, to worship and to uh, look into to God's word for his leading, for his comfort, for his guidance. And fortunately, we are teaching through the book of Psalms and the Psalms has no shortage of prayers and songs and poems that we can lift up to God as our own in, in times like this, in times of, of trouble and times of stress. So I would ask that you try to um, hear this message as you would uh, any other one on any other week, but at the same time, uh, I feel like it's gonna. It will speak to us right in this moment. We're gonna be in Psalm 18, so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and get there. Um, I'm gonna introduce the topic a little bit, and then I'm gonna bring the crew back, and we're gonna read through that Psalm together. So the the Psalms throughout the Psalms, the people who write them, the authors, the psalmists, return again and again to stories, and we do that. We do that same thing. We all have these stories that we that we love and that we that we return to. And my family is is no different. Uh, I think of a story about a time that I've told you guys probably too many times, um, but I was at a at a concert. Um, I was at a Metallica concert. This was a long time ago. Um, and we got out of the concert, proceeded to get in a car accident, had to wait hours for the tow truck to come. While we were waiting for the tow truck to come, um, there was a police incident. We were, it was, a, it turned into a car chase. We were on the good side of the car chase, running through neighborhoods, dogs barking, crazy, craziness, craziness. Uh, things finally settled down. And then I had to drive overnight to get back to Connecticut from Washington, D.C., where the concert was, because I was going to a wedding as the date of a girl that I thought was really cute and I was interested in. Um, that girl happened to be Gail. And um, I mean, I, I go back to that story over and over and over again. Um, because it it's a favorite of Gail's because it reminds her of how much that she means to me that I would go through that kind of ha um, hassle and just craziness to uh, to get to her. And uh, the the flip side of that is a story that I love to tell, which reminds me of how much um, I mean to Gail is when we were dating uh, and she was getting to know about me. She she learned that football was really important to me. And so she said, hey, I bet I could tackle you. Um, and so she tried. She took a run at me and threw her head at her at my, at my knees. And sure enough, she took me out. You, you guys can laugh. It's OK <laughs> if they, they hear you laughing. Um, and sure enough, she took me out, um, knocked herself a little silly in the process. But man, this girl must really like me if she's one. I mean, she's like all of, you know, 110 pounds, five foot nothing. And there's me. And she just took me out. But we go back to those stories because they remind us of how much we, we mean to each other and they're important, they're impactful. Um, they mark a point in, in our, our histories together and that are just meaningful. So the Psalmists do the same thing over and over and over again. They go back to remember the work of God in their lives. They go back and they remember his action, his power, his grace, his mercy, all the different ways that he has come through for them time and time again. So, um, this morning, my hope and my prayer is that we would look at this psalm and see it as uh, as an act of uh, a worship, and that it would also just bring us some hope 
and uh, paint, paint a road with confidence ahead of us. The big idea for this morning is this, as recounting God's stories in scripture in our lives celebrates God in a way that not only worships him, but points us towards the future with confidence and with hope. So with that being said, we're going we're gonna to dive into to Psalm 18, and we're going to read it for you now. For the director of music of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang to the Lord the words of his song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I've been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. and The foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet and he mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the, to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? 
It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield and your right hand sustains me. Your help has, me, has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight and destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as windblown dust. I trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me as soon as they hear of me. They obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, my Savior. He is the God who avenges me and who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies, who exalted me above my foes. From a violent man, you rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and to his descendants forever. Amen. Psalm 18, all 50 verses of it. No joke there, folks. Um, what we want to do is just I'm going to break this down into pieces. And as I tried to begin to share with us, the Psalms have um, their poems, so they have structure. So the first thing we're going to do is walk through the structure of this Psalm. And the first thing that we see is this thing called a superscription. It's not the actual psalm itself, but it's a description that is included in the original language. And what's important about this is the characters of our story. This is Saul, the first king of Israel, and it's David, the man who preceded him. In order to understand David, David is the author of this psalm, we have to understand a little bit about Saul. Saul, like I said, was the first king of Israel, literally heads and shoulders, above the other men. And Saul was a good king to start. He made it about 15 years. And about that 15 year mark, um, he decided to ignore a command from God and he gave in to the requests of his men. And through the prophet Samuel, God communicated to Saul his displeasure in the words, Saul, I have rejected you. The Lord then sent Samuel the prophet to anoint David to be the next king while Saul was still ruling. David was barely an adolescent at this point. Simultaneously, Saul is struggling with these uh, fits of rage and these evil spirits that just torment him. One of the members of his court suggests he brings David in, who's a talented musician. David plays his instrument for him, and it calms the raging spirits that just take over Saul. During that time, while David is ministering to Saul, Saul actually tries to kill him on more than one occasion, like tries to run him through with a spear. This is a, a crazy jacked up relationship these two have. Um, while David is serving in his court, he famously slays the giant Goliath. And his, his reputation and his fame continues to grow. And, and Saul is getting worried about this guy who is anointed king while he's still in office. Um, so Saul says, you know what, David, I don't want you in my court anymore. I want, I'm going to give you a thousand men to command, go out on the front lines and, and fight the battles of God's people. Kind of thinking 
that David was going to get killed because he's out in the front lines fighting these battles. Not only does David not get killed, but he secures victory after victory, and they write songs about him. The songs that they write compare all of his great victories to Saul's few victories, and Saul gets more and more jealous to the point where um, Saul takes all the, the ability that he has with his office as king, and he puts it into chasing down David, trying to kill him including like his personal guard. And they, they chased David literally for years, seeking to take his life. Uh, Saul is unsuccessful in trying to kill David. And along the way, they're still fighting these battles. Keep going all around. They have these enemies that are surrounding them. And at one point, the battles are so bad for Saul that instead of being captured um, and taken by the enemies, he takes his own life. David is then made king, and he goes on to subdue all those enemies that Saul couldn't, and he brings a temporary peace to the land. So that's um, that's David's story. It's There's so much going on. David is uh, in such a bad way, literally being chased by his boss, the most powerful man in the country for years. If we look at that, um, that map, I'll try and put it full screen for you. David is right in the middle of that. Um, he is literally surrounded by his enemies. If um, you see where Jerusalem is and there's just enemies on all, all sides of him. And then he's got Saul, his boss, trying to, to do him in. So he's just in a bad way. So that's David and Saul's story. And we're going to jump into the rest of the, um, the, the structure. We look at verses. I'm not going to go verse by verse of all 50 verses. You guys can just, you know, don't go jumping off the live stream. We're going to, just do the structure, um, and then we'll talk about some some imagery and what it is we can learn um, that is especially applicable to this moment in time for us as individuals and as a as a community. Uh, verses one and two, and verses forty six through fifty, they are all the qualities that David learns about God. And what I want to point out here is this: is that uh, Scripture tells us that eternal life is knowing the God of the universe, and because this, this is a concept that is so foreign, so confusing to our Western sensibilities because of the things that David went through, those hard situations, those seemingly uh, just he didn't he couldn't win. He had his back against the wall because he was in those situations. He he came to know God in a way that he otherwise would not have. He came to know his strength and his fortress and his horn of salvation. Um, we're going to talk more about the imagery of that stuff. But for now, just to know that. When we walk through hard times, it's it's an opportunity for us to get to know God in a way that we otherwise would not have. Again, so verses three through five, David's situation. He's death is coiled all all around him. God shows up. What's really important about these verses six through 19, the fact of the language that it talks about, it talks about God showing up with force. It talks about um, he shows up with the ferocity of what scholars think is the Leviathan, right? Scripture talks about this ancient giant sea creature and that like with that much um, fear, that's the fear that God brought with him to the people who were trying to to do harm to, to David. He came riding on the wings of angels. He made an entrance. God made an entrance and he made an impact in the middle of a dire situation. We look at verses 20 through 29, and uh, 
So again, remembering in the Psalms that we often see Jesus show up in two different ways and something called typology and something called analogy. This is uh, an example of typology, right? Jesus shows up, David outlines his qualifications, why the Lord came to his rescue. He was righteous, he was pure, he was faithful. I thought it was kind of funny and ironic that um, in those verses, it mentions having clean hands twice, right? Just a little reminder for us, folks, wash your hands. God is for <laughs> hygiene and washing your hands. In Christ, right, through the, what Jesus did on the cross, in his grace, through his grace, his forgiveness, his mercy, um, we have access. That's how God sees us, as, as righteous, as faithful, as pure, with clean hands, because of who we are in in Jesus. Verses 30 through 36, David is empowered. Um, God shows up and does his part. David trusts him to do his part. But at the same time, um, he empowers David to do the things that specifically he's going to ask him to do. And then when God is doing his part, David's doing his part, there's complete and total victory on every side. Real quick breakdown of, of the structure. The Psalms are poems, so there's imagery in the poems. And we're going to look at the imagery of Psalm 18 speaks to two different things, God's part and our part. And the first one I want to point out is this idea of rock and refuge. Um, countless times, right? So I, I, I actually went through and I looked. Um, refuge, I think, shows up in the Psalms 40 times. Rock shows up 30 plus times. Uh, fortress shows up plenty, 20 plus times. Not to mention things like... Uh, uh, shield and covering and, and protector and avenger and savior. So God is all those things. David takes his personal experience and then he poetically um, shares with us how God came through for him. This is a picture of um, what scholars believe to be the cave at Adullam. This is a cave where while David was running from Saul, being chased by Saul and his army, he went and he hid um, with his men and more people started to gather to him at this cave. Uh, this is an idea of what it might have looked like from the inside of that cave. It was big. Uh, our, our authorities and experts tell us that it could have held hundreds, hundreds of, of men that came to David's side. So when David talks about God as a rock and a fortress and a refuge, um, this is the kind of thing that he's referring to. It's a place to hide. It's a safe place. We look at that other picture it's almost hard to see that entrance, right? So he can he can hide in there with safety. And that's who and what God is to us. Another aspect of God's part is his strength. And it refers to him as the horn of salvation. God is the one who strengthens us, provides us the strength. But that horn of salvation, scholars tell us that it is probably the horn of an animal uh, like this ox. Hundreds and hundreds of pounds of muscle, and those horns are just um, deadly. They're used for both offense and, and defense. And that's the strength that the Lord gives us and provides to us in times of, of trouble. Now, switching gears on the imagery from God's part to our part through several of those verses in the latter half of the psalm, we read about um, David's feet and his hands and his arms. And he compares his feet to that of a deer. The deer is probably an ibex. This is an actual picture from the Israeli Engedi, and that um, that little guy jumping over there is, is an ibex. 
And it says that God gave David the feet of a deer so he could traverse the high places. Man, so the God is not going to um, remove the, the difficult road in front of us, but he's going to give us the feet to walk it. I mean, look at that little guy jumping that gap. I don't even know how high that is, but the, he's got some crazy ups and he's going to make it and he's going to land on the other side and he's going to continue on with what, um, with what God called him to do. So that imagery is, is powerful and it should be uh, reassuring and comforting to us. As we, as we move on, we're going to take a look real quickly at the things that, um, that we can learn from David, right? What did David do? David cried out, like Leanne taught us so well last week about this idea of lament. We can cry out to God. The words for cried in the original language in this psalm it's just like a gut-wrenching yell um, that David is just sobbing before the Lord, asking him, asking him for, for his help. And we can do that. And um, we can come before God. He can handle our frustration. He can handle our anger. He can handle our confusion. And we can bring that to him knowing that he will uh, he'll answer. Returning to God's word. David refers to God's word as flawless in this psalm. That's how David keeps himself in the protection of God by returning to his word constantly, constantly, constantly going back to God's word. Returning to God's actions, the, the, the idea of recounting God's stories. So there are, um, I don't know how many, is that 11? There are 11 different Psalms and they're listed. If you guys uh, in that link below, there's a link to the message notes. And if you click on that, um, it will take you right to this section and you can pull up all of those Psalms. But all of those Psalms are David in the midst of being chased by Saul or after God has delivered him from an enemy, from Saul, from uh, an attacking uh, a neighboring, neighboring country or tribe. And constantly David returns to uh, the acts of God and he, as we started out by thinking about our big idea, when we return to God stories, the God stories in scripture, the God stories in our life, it's an act of worship. We can do that over and over and over again. And it, it worships God and it just, it um, lifts our hearts, lifts our spirits. Uh, these are the things that keep us in the cave, right? The, the imagery, we look at prayer, we look at God's word, we look at worship. Those are the things that keep us in the refuge of God. I'm just going to read this for it. These are the things that keep us in the cave with our feet on solid ground. God is absolutely rock and refuge, but he won't force us to stay in him and with him. We have to choose to stay within the fortress and the refuge that he offers. And we do that by simply returning to the things like prayer and God's word. Last two things that I'm going to, I'm going to finish up on. David did the right thing. He had ample opportunity to kill Saul, but David knew that Saul was God's appointed man for that time, and it was not his time yet. David was actually so close to Saul once that he cut off a piece of his robe and showed it to him later and said, look, I did not kill you. I don't want to kill you. I want us to move on from this, and I want us both to fight for God on God's side. Um, he did the right thing when he was faced with those decisions. And 
as I was reading this and thinking about this, for us, this means doing the right thing in the moment. Like we may not, we're all in different places with the the idea of the coronavirus, right? Some of us are, yeah, it's nothing, whatever, I'm not gonna worry about it. Some of us are really anxious and getting scared, um, but we, we need to do our part, right? I joked about the hand washing thing. We need to do, do the hand washing thing. We need to think about social distancing. We're gonna encourage us to continue to meet in small groups, but I've been in some small groups where you got like five and six people sharing one couch. Probably not the best idea right now, right? So give yourself a little space. Think about just doing the right thing in the moment. And when all else fails, you don't, you're confused because you're hearing different stories on the news. You don't know which way to turn. What is it we go back to? What are we all about, right? We love God and we love others. We think about God before ourselves. We think about others before ourselves. David did the right thing, and I think we can and should imitate him in that. And lastly, we are all going to be forced to slow down. No, I mean, stuff is being canceled. Things are being changed. Uh, school is closed. Being working from home. Even if that's all that changed, you go from working in office to working at home. Your commute is gone. You now have added time. Slow down. Take advantage of the opportunity. Spend additional time with God. Spend additional time with your family. Read, pray, worship personally. Guys, take advantage of this time. Just take a breath. Yes, it's scary, but it is also an opportunity to just be. And this is um, where we're going to end up this morning. We all, David was surrounded by his his enemies. Um, And we all come to this morning with our own with our own enemies we each have battles that we're facing we have relationships in which we're struggling we have loved ones who are hurting um, who might be making bad decisions we have financial issues whatever it is we each have our own personal battle and then as we walk through this week we are we are surrounded by this common enemy of this virus and so what do we do we cry out to god We trust God that is going to show up. He's going to show up and he's going to do his part. We ask God to empower us to do our part. All along, we trust him that he is just what he says he is, just what David said he is. He's rock and he's refuge and he's provider and he's protector and he's our strength and he's our horn of salvation. All of that, all of that and more. And he is absolutely worthy to be praised. I'm going to ask um, Ben and Brittany to come back up here and and close us with uh, with the song. Um, but I would just encourage you guys to uh, you know go to the message notes, read through the Psalms, and uh, and lean into God during this time. Just like we always say, look up, look up to God, lean into each other, and reach out to those people.